You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. You had other stories prepared. Yeah. So, like I said, my grandpa was the mayor and kind of like the leader figure. Medicine man. Yeah. So, this one, not so much medicine, but uh, he performed an exorcism. Yikes. Yeah. And this one was kind of spooky. So, I mean, all of them are, but this one's like old school Laos. Some of these are like more in America, but this one... So he's the medicine man they go to when someone's sick. And typically from what I've gathered is like when somebody's sick, that's when they're vulnerable for evil spirits to enter in or it's a sign of an evil spirit taking over. So there's this. That makes sense. I had strep last week and Charles called me and I was still sleeping. And what I sound like on the phone. I don't know, dude. But I was like, you're not, you shouldn't be on speaking with humans right now. I want you to stop talking to me. Hang up. So there's this like group of women. Um, my aunt said it was like, I mean, it's kind of similar to like, I guess, Hawaiian culture, like close relatives or close friends you call like aunt, uncle, like oh, cousins. Yeah. So there's this group of women, she called them like her aunts, and uh, there was one daughter-in-law mixed in there that wasn't like my grandpa's daughter-in-law, but just a daughter-in-law of one of the aunts. Um, And so this group of women, like all of them get really sick, and they all just randomly die. And so this daughter-in-law is like getting really sad, and she's like, that's my group of friends. Like, I hung out with them. I have nothing else to do. And so she starts getting really sick. And, uh, like, to the point where the husband's, like, calls my grandpa. He's like, um, she's gotten really sick. Like, do you have anything that can help her? He's like, yeah, sure. I'll come over and check it out. So he goes over and uh, he's, like, doing everything he can, like, with all his herbs and different plants. And he's like, yeah, like, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll wait it out and see if any of this works by tomorrow. But everything I've tried, like, she's not responding well to it. And he's like, okay. So he's kind of sad. And so my grandpa, like, I don't think he, because he lives far away. So he just basically goes either to a neighbor's house or just camps out nearby. And early in the morning, the husband comes and gets my grandpa. And he's like, yo, like, hurry, get over here. She's acting really weird. And um, he's like, well, like what? He's like, well, she's like super hungry. Like she's like asking me to go slaughter one of our pigs right now because she's so hungry. And he's like, okay, that's weird, which I can relate to. Like when you're sick, you don't really have an appetite. But she's like trying to eat everything in the house. And so he's like, yeah, she asked me early in the morning, like two or three in the morning, like go kill that pig. Me and my friends want that pig to eat the pig. Oh. And he's like, like, no, you're sick. You don't need to eat the pig. Were you going to say something? Dude, me and my friends. Yeah, what friends? Okay, so <laughs> she's like, me and my friends, we want to eat that pig. He didn't really catch on to the me and my friends part, but, you know, he's like, no, like, you just need to rest up, drink some water, like, you'll be okay. You're not that hungry. So apply some Tiger Balm. <laughs> yeah, get some Tiger Balm. You'll be fine. Um, so my grandpa walks back to the house and when they get there, 
they like right next to it, this pig carcass is just torn apart. Like animals like ravaged this pig and they step in and this lady is basically like sitting in the, like they walk in and she's back against the wall as they walk in and she's kind of like convulsing and she's just got blood all over her face, her hands. And my grandpa's like, okay, like this just got a lot more intense. So yeah, a couple levels higher than just sick with a head cold. Like she's eating a pig raw. And so that's where the blood's from. Yeah. So they find out that she went out and tore apart this pig and started eating it. Um, because her and her friends wanted this pig. So my grandpa gets like hemp rope because hemp has, on top of being, I think, strong, just spiritual value to it, like helping contain whatever's there. And so they tie her up to a post and he starts asking like, okay, we get it now. Like, who are you Mm -hmm. and what are you doing with her? And she's kind of talking and he says, He's heard her voice because she's been around for a long time, but her voice is slowly changing. But not only is it like changing from just like another voice, but multiple voices. And basically she's like, she gets to the point, it slowly progresses where her voice is just gone. And she, and he's talking to like this demonic voice about how they want her body because she's not strong enough to hold it anymore. And it's their right to have the body and like multiple voices are coming out of her at this point and he has no idea like really what's going on and is like well i guess i'll just basically use my authority to say like you have no right to be here and did some sort of like cleansing ritual along with that um some shamanism stuff but as he's like going through it like she starts again like convulsing tied up and just starts throwing up all this raw meat just everywhere. And the demons, like she takes back over her body and she says, I'm really weak and I'm really tired and I don't think I can hold on any longer. Like, I don't want to give them the power. So she bravely, rather than letting herself continue to be possessed, she holds her breath and kills herself. So the demons can't take over her body. And then after that, just quiet. The atmosphere lifted. She just goes limp. And that was one of his many exorcisms, I think, that he performed. But that one stuck out, and I was like, holy cow. The part that got me was the throwing up the raw meat. Just (sighs) like, because then you know it was definitely her. And I can't remember if my aunt said or not, but the friends may or may not have been also the ants that all died or if they all died due to like the same group of spirits, then they're possessing her because she was tight with that group. So dude, talk about freaking sacrifice. I thought that was impossible to hold your your breath to die. You pass out and your body just automatically starts breathing again. But maybe she was like such a weakened state. Yeah. She She was like death door for a while, but she basically said like, I don't want to give them any more power. Or the chance to fully take so she over. she gave up the ghost. Yeah, so she just gave up herself, basically, and killed herself. I mean, she was miserable because her friends were gone, but she also got sick. 
So it's kind of like an honorable, but also sad thing. So, but at the same time, like, I don't know, it's crazy in Laos. Like when I think about their village life, like I definitely believe that there's some stuff that went on, like bad people doing bad things with bad magic and good people trying to fight that. So we've talked about it before, but if there is a community that believe it more, I feel like it's way more powerful yeah. there. Yeah. Well, and like, again, they really believe in like spirit stuff. And so like one thing is typically if someone's on the verge of getting possessed or they have evil spirits following them, um, my aunt was saying sacrificing an animal and giving that spirit to the demon mm-hmm. is like the trade-off. So like a lot of shamans would, you know, kill a cow or the family would kill a cow and say demon or bad spirit please take this spirit instead of the one of our child or whatever thing you can start with like a frog or something (laughs) yeah like the most valuable piece of livestock yeah so Hmm. it's kind of a crazy story but he's had a couple other ones but that one was like his probably most intense yeah and you heard that from grandma uh my aunt told me that one recently yikes so dude the force to kill like a pig with your bare hands. I don't understand that. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Because <laughs> pigs are like no joke, dude. They'll kill a, a human. Yeah. And eat it. Yeah, just your bare hand. I don't know. Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, there's another one. This one's not. This one's just kind of spooky. Uh, I read this one online. And I was like, gosh. I, I think I. After I read it, I was like, I don't think I can sleep tonight. (laughs) Perfect. This one's also back in Laos. Um, So this lady was out picking cucumbers with a friend, and they kind of lose track of each other. And she gets her basket full of cucumbers, and she's calling out like to her friend, like, where are you at? Like, I'm done harvesting. Do you need help? No answer. She walks around for basically till sunset calling for this lady. Um, No response. I guess her friend, not just this random lady. Um, So she goes home to the husband and says, I was out picking cucumbers and your wife was with me and she went off into the jungle and I couldn't find her. And so he's like, all right, well, let's just gather up the men in the village and let's go out and find her then. So they get all the men, they grab, you know, guns or, shovels, whatever they have to, or machetes, axes go out because you never know what's out there. And, uh, they start looking, calling out her name, nothing. They're all looking, shouting. And then maybe around right before the sun's fully setting, um, they're like, well, maybe let's just set up camp and we'll look for her in the morning. They're like, okay. And before they start setting up camp, they hear her call out, like, I'm over here. Like, calls out the husband's name and says, come get me. I'm over here. And so everybody just, like, sits up. They're like, you heard that? They're like, yeah, I heard that. Did you hear that? And because, you know, one person hears you, are like, okay, you're just, like, emotionally invested in this. You want to hear it. But when everyone's, like, looking around, they're like, okay, well, let's go. So they call it again, like, hey, where are you? She's like, I'm over here. Come get me. And so they go over and under this tree, they find her 
head barely connected to her torso and her left shoulder or her left arm. Everything else is gone. And they're like, whoa, looks like an animal did this to her. And he's like, dang. And so everyone starts putting, pulling bullets out of their pockets and loading their guns. And he reaches in his pocket and he finds her wedding ring. And he's like, what is going on? So he pulled out a ring and just need, uh, like, he pulled it out and looked at it and goes, this is her wedding ring. And he's like, how did it even get here? So they're like, well, what do we do? And again, like I said, Hmong funerals are a big thing. So they're like, well, we can't just, like, we don't want to take her back to the village right now because that's just going to bring, like, a damper bring on everyone yeah. and bring whatever's with it back. So let's set up for the night and let's do a quick funeral here tomorrow and just bury her here because they're out in the middle of nowhere and they're like, it's probably safer than bringing her back and scaring everyone. So they make like platforms up in the trees, like real quickly, which I'm impressed. Whoever told this story, they're just building platforms in the tree because they want to be off the ground. Um, And so they all get up there and they're like basically built around the body so they can watch it. And like around midnight to one, one of the guys just starts screaming and they're like, whoa, 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 what's going on? What's going on? And he points down to her and she's, her eyes were closed and now they're open, staring straight at that guy that's screaming. He's like, does anyone else see this? And they're like, whoa. And then her eyes close and they're like, whoa, okay, maybe we're just, we're tripping. Like it's late. It's kind of a traumatic experience to see everything. So like two, two hours later, right around 3 a.m., familiar name right (laughs) familiar time too same guy no not the same guy the husband this time he wakes up it's kind of drowsy he looks down and sees her staring up at him and she slowly raises her left arm and points and is looking like past him and he's like looks up doesn't see anything and He's asking her, like, what are you like, what are you looking at? Are you trying to warn me of something? Like, why are you gone? Like, I loved you so much. And then after that, she kind of just slowly drops back down and closes her eyes. Nothing else happens. Um, they give her a proper burial, but that's been a legend that's been passed around that village about the death of that lady. And I was kind of sad that there was no closure. But the fact that multiple people saw all that stuff in the wedding ring and just that story spooked me so bad because I could just picture just like seeing half of a person and she raises her arm up and is staring at something beyond him and he never got closure, never had dreams about her, anything. But it was just a legend that went around that village for a long time. Dude, it almost to me makes it way more credible that there's no closure because like if you're going to make up a story, you'd be like, and then she pointed and there was a tiger in the tree. And you know yeah. what I mean? Like it would have like all these reasons. Yeah. But that's so open-ended. It's like, why would you, why would you make that up about your yeah. wife, dude? So I just, the wedding rings, just suspicious. I'm like, how did that get in your pocket? Cause like everyone else is getting bullets and he pulls out a wedding ring. So he was like, 
And there's there's like a level of mimicry going on with her mm-hmm. voice. Yeah. Speaking of mimics, this story happened to my grandma. So she was walking out to her farm. So like you live in a village and then your farm, you know, it's going to be out a little bit because you got to have all that field for the rice, mm-hmm. for the crops, all that stuff. So she's walking out to the village on like a cloudy day. Um, she's walking on the side of a dirt road and she's kind of minding her own business and like three people wearing all black just walk out of the jungle and walk single file in front of her. She's like, okay, like there's no path there. And uh, she's super curious, starts thinking about them. She's like, I have never seen anybody on this like strip of the road, like never. She gets to the turnoff to go to her farm and they stop right in front of her. And the last one's like short, like her height, just like turns around really slowly and looks at her and she realizes she's looking at herself. And then they make eye contact and then they just turn and walk off into the jungle again. And she's 10. And she saw them, had no idea what to think, and then like went to the farm. But when she told me that, and again, this is wise 94-year-old grandma. She's just chuckling and she's like, and then I saw myself. And then they walked off and I went to the farm and I was like, you didn't question anything. Like you just saw yourself. And I was like, what the heck? So she's fine. And I'm like getting goosebumps. Like, what the heck? You saw yourself and you weren't like worried remotely? Dude, that's like the movie Us. I haven't seen it. Basically, you just have like a doppelganger. Yeah. Like your opposite. I don't know. That is weird. Dude. Yeah. She didn't get a look at like the other two? No, they stayed facing forward. But It's probably her parents. Dude, I don't know. Well... Dressed in black, did she elaborate on that? No, she just said they were in black and turned around, looked at her, um, and then disappeared off into the forest. But another crazy thing that happened to her was at that same farm, they had a little lake. And my aunt was saying that the Hmong people believe if the water's clear, then it's safe. But if it's like... In general or just that lake? uh, Just in general, like bodies of water. So what I'm about to say conspiracy theory utah lake it's not clear never safe (laughs) did hella people die there and get sick there so she the thing is if the water's like green and you can't see in it very well there's dragons and the dragons want to take your spirit uh the one thing that happened to her was so another like folk tale among people similar to in hawaii whistling at night or singing at night you're inviting bad spirits to follow you home so she's young again, eight or nine. She's down by the lake, and it's kind of getting to sunset. She's a little kid, so she just starts whistling or singing to herself. And basically, after that, just gets extremely ill, super sick. And so her parents call, like, the best shaman that has been around. And they're like, we don't know what to do. Because, again, her parents are medicine men and women so they've done everything that they can and she's not getting better so shaman comes and he goes did you guys look at your lake down there they're like no we we haven't gone down and looked at it and he's like 
well, it's green, which means there's dragons there. And he has basically selected your daughter spirit to be his bride. And so he's like courting and taking her spirit away. So he says, the only way I can think that we could beat this is uh, give her a new name. And then he's like, without saying much, just trust me tomorrow and just follow my lead. And they're like, okay, well, you're the best. So we're just going to follow your lead. So next morning, early in the morning, he knocks on the door, says, hello, mom and dad. I'm here to pick up and calls her a new name. It says, we're here to pick up our daughter, new name, and we'll take her home. And the parents are like, okay, we'll see you later. Here's your daughter. And they took my grandma, gave her a new name, and she went with this shaman for like a couple weeks. And then basically what the shaman said was then later that night, the dragon came to the house, was asking for the my grandma's old spirit, couldn't find her, and then left them and left them alone. And they never went near that lake again after that. But that's also how my grandma got her new name, which is what she goes by. So, But I thought that was crazy that the shaman just came up with that. He's like, this is how we're going to beat the spirit. We're going to break the rules. <laughs> Bro, what a dumb dragon. What an idiot <laughs> dragon. That's exactly <laughs> what I was like, thinking. What? She's not here? Okay, I guess I'll just go back this to my lake. Out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Clark Kent wearing just glasses. <laughs> yeah. And nobody knows who he is. Yeah. Um, that's... That's so fun. Like that story is. Uh, Dude, yeah. That's like classic folklore, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and I'm just like. Green dragon in a. Or the green lake means there's a dragon in it. Yeah. That sounds like. Not to be insensitive, but that sounds like almost like a like the start of like a Disney movie. Almost, yeah. You know, like Raya, you know? No, there's, there's a lot of like folklore story like that. Like there's a little red riding hood, but a tiger. There's a saying where like. I mean, I could tell you the Little Red Riding Hood or not if you want to hear it. It's not that cool, but I'm saying, like, it's similar along those yeah, lines. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, What nice stripes you have, Grandma. Yeah. All much. the better to hide in the tall grass with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, just like that. I mean, and there's, like, a saying in Hmong that's, like, basically, like, a curse that's, like, I wish a tiger would bite you. And that's, like, <laughs> cursing them. But it, like, came from this legend of a guy with like a group of his friends and they're hanging out and they're like, Oh man, we're kind of hungry. We should go get some food. They're like, yeah, I'm really hungry. I want some meat. They're like, let's just go kill a water Buffalo, which I'm like seven guys killing a water Buffalo. Like that's not going to happen. Super casual. (laughs) We'll just kill this tank. Yeah. So they're (laughs) like, yeah, if we approach it as like a human, it's, it's not going to be scared and we probably can't kill it. So, one of us should dress up like a tiger and we'll go down, kill it, and we'll have a big feast. They're like, all right, cool, cool, cool. So they get like all this straw and like weave together this mask that looks like a tiger and they put knives where its fangs and teeth are and they're like, oh man, you really look like a tiger. He's like, oh, you guys put this on really tight. Like once I kill it, make sure you take this off me, okay? They're like, okay, just go go kill that water buffalo. We're kind of hungry. So... This guy runs down and he kills this water buffalo and is like a savage and just kills it by himself. And when he comes back, he's all covered in this blood. And when he speaks, all his friends here are like roars and growls. They're like, whoa, 
like, uh, we don't mean any harm, Mr. Tiger. Like, we're just here waiting for our friend. And he's like, no, it's me. Take the mask off me. Like, it's it's me, your friend. And they're like, oh, my gosh. He's, like, threatening us because all they hear is the growls and roars. So they take off running. And he's stuck with this mask on. And the legend is, like, um, for that particular village, like, every year at the same time of year, he would break in as a tiger and steal the prettiest girl in the village as like his vengeance. And the saying is basically like, so the basically it translate into English, like tiger bite. I wish a tiger would bite you. And it's just like a curse, but that's kind of like the folklore behind it. And I was like, that's kind of interesting, but they have tons of just like little stories like that as to why things are the way they are or mm, that's why crazy. they're sayings like that. So, Weirdly, that's like the start of Comic Con. <laughs> Just cosplaying. <laughs> <laughs> that story is weirdly like the spookiest to me. Really? I don't know why. That it's so eerie. Something about it. Well, there's there's some more. Oh, that might get you. Let's hear it. Uh, let's see. First of all, great memory. Thanks. You I, haven't looked at one. I have note. notes, but I'm trying to get <laughs> some of the stories out. So, okay. These, yeah, uh, I think, I think these are my favorite stories, like culture specific. Yeah, that you can't really find anywhere. Like, yeah, no, it's it's true. I mean, this one's this one's a uh, Fresno, California. This one happened. Uh, this guy and this girl. Actually, there's two from Fresno that I'll tell you. Hey-o. So this one's a quick one, but this one spooked me and my wife who doesn't usually get scared so she this couple is younger um maybe they said fresno area but i don't really know they were living kind of more in like a foresty rural area maybe around fresno i don't know california area too well but anyways they were poor and they're a younger couple and so they penny pinched everywhere so they're like well we're not gonna we're not gonna pay for air conditioning because they moved into this house in the winter, so they didn't have to worry about it. But as it got hotter, they're like, "Man, it's getting kind of hot." Husband's like, well, "Let's just let's just sleep with the window open, and we'll sleep under the window, and that draft will just come and cool us off at night." She's like, "Okay, quick fix. Let's just do that." So, yeah, he already knows what's happening. <laughs> so uh, I'm just thinking that's way too hot for me. Well, <laughs> well, I agree. And this is the story why I think I will never sleep with the window open again. So um, they're asleep, and the husband's, like, out, just completely out. Wife's drifting off, and she feels something, like, on her face. And so she's, like, she wipes at it. She's, like, oh, what is that? I mean, they also don't have a screen in the window, so she's, like, it's probably just, like, bugs getting in. So Just okay with that. Yeah, she's, like, it's bugs. So feels it again on her face. She wipes again at it. She's like, oh, my gosh, like, get off me. Feels it one more time. She goes, okay, this time I'm going to grab it, and I'm not going to squish it on my face because I don't want to get bug guts on me or whatever. So she lets it, like, feel around on her face and then quickly, boom, grabs it, and then instantly just ice cold, freezes up because what she's grabbing feels like a hand. And she's like, what? So she kicks her husband and says, hey, hey, what am I holding? And he looks over 
and she sees that she's holding on to a child's hand. And she just sees an arm reaching up, over, and down onto her face. And she's grabbing it. And he goes, let go of the hand. Stop holding on. And so she lets go. And the husband looks up and watches this arm just like rubber band out. And he looks, and there's nothing. They go and talk to some older Hmong people, and they say, yeah, don't sleep with the windows open. That's, that's inviting the dead to come sleep with you. That kid was probably looking for somewhere to sleep. And so they never slept with the windows open after that. Oh, hell no. Grubby child fingers. <laughs> yeah. That's terrifying, Are dude. Are there any other kind of child fingers? What's crazy is because me and my wife sleep, and there's a window right above our bed, and it's always open, bro. <laughs> dude, and that's how I like to sleep is, like, the window open. Ambient nice. noise. Yeah, you get that breeze. nice breeze. But I was like, when I heard that one, I was like, hmm. Maybe not. I don't know anymore. Even I, if I have a screen, like, I don't want some dead child sleeping in my bed with me. Yeah. It's like you the opposite. did that to your grandma, bro. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. So that's what I was going to say. I was like, it came full circle. I was like, that's why she was so scared. Yeah. I wonder if her window was open, and that's why she freaked out. <laughs> yeah, so that one was, was kind of spook. Huh. I forgot to mention, after I almost died falling out of the tree... I woke up and I watched two lights go past my tent. Hikers? Because I opened and there was nothing there. Like orbs or just lights? You I don't couldn't know. tell? It's weird. I, I do this you thing. You concussion and you're seeing lights? No, nah, I, I thought there were hikers. And they were going like this. And so we had the fly net on or whatever. So I like unzipped right. everything and I like peeked through and there was nothing. But anyway, Maybe I just, just thought about really that. Fast. Dude, maybe that's scary. Or they saw your <laughs> tent and they're like, "Ooh, our light's disturbing them," and they turned it off. Maybe, could be. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3am. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, hit us with another. All right. So this one was in Minnesota. So this kid recently just like broke up with his girlfriend, like long time relationship, decides he's going to go back, hang out with his family for a little bit, just kind of 
blow off some steam, kind of sad. Maybe it'll be good to catch up with mom and sisters. So he uh, heads back, gets to their uh, new house because they moved while he was away. I don't, didn't say where he was from or where he was coming from, but um, his mom asks, do you want to sleep upstairs or downstairs? He's like, well, where's everyone else sleeping? They're like, we're all upstairs. He's like, I'll go downstairs. He's college age. He doesn't want to be around family at nighttime. So he's like, yep, I'll just go set up downstairs. They're like, okay, cool. Well, just go down. There's, it's like a fully finished basement. He's not like sleeping in some dungeon. So um, he gets there, I don't know, early afternoon, and he's just tired from driving like, I think it's like 18-hour drive to get to Minnesota. So I don't know where he's coming from, long ways away. Um, Dude, Laos. <laughs> yeah, he's driving his car across the ocean. Um, so he gets kind of settled and kind of dozes off. And he took one of those like naps where you like wake up in a different dimension, you know, where you're just so tired. You wake up, you're like, who am I? Where am I? Yeah. And it's like the sun has kind of set, so it's dark in his room. And he sees his door like kind of slowly open. And he's like, what was that? And then uh, he hears like a little giggle and then like, shh. So he's like, what the heck? So he pulls out his phone, turns on his light, walks over and like swings his bedroom door open and looks. Nothing. And then when he like looks behind the door, he sees two little girls just like behind the door. Flips on the hall light. It's his sisters. He's like, oh my gosh, like what are you guys doing here? Like, oh, we just wanted to scare you. He's like, well, good job. They're like, and this is the part that's like kind of scary. Cause like when kids say stuff, it's like lighthearted to them. But like, as you get older and if you're more into like the paranormal scary stuff, it's like, that's scary. Why would you say that? But they're like, why are you down here all alone? He's like, well, you guys are all upstairs. Like, I don't really want to be sleeping around you guys. Like you're loud and obnoxious. I just want to be down here. And his younger sister and cousin are like, well, you know, this house is haunted, right? And he's like, no. She's like, yeah, well, you know, she sees a guy walking around all the time. And I've seen an old lady and she comes out of the basement and you're sleeping down here. He's like, ha that's funny. And they're like, yeah, I know. It's probably not true, but I've seen them. So just be careful. He's like, he's like, ha okay, uh, you guys want to help me unpack? Yeah. Because it's like all dark. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's like, what? Like the whole time they're all laughing, looking through his stuff. Like, this is fun catching up with you. And he's just like, are they joking with me? Or are they serious that this place is haunted? Because that's how I think I would be now. Like if a little kid told me like this place is haunted, I'd be like, don't joke about that. When yeah. I'm about to sleep here. Um, so. Night one, doesn't feel anything other than in the middle of the night, cold breeze. He's just like, it's probably the AC kicking on or something. Night two, when he feels that cold breeze, he kind of like is waking up and he rolls over. And as he like briefly opens his eyes, he sees just this silhouette, dark figure standing next to his bedside. So he kind of has that moment where he's like, okay, there's something next to me. Let me just double check. So he opens his eyes and he watches as it slowly like slinks back down under his bed. 
And he's like, <laughs> what? He's like, okay. So this is, he's braver than me. So he gets his phone, turns on the light and looks under his bed. I'm like, you didn't even turn on the room light. You just used your iPhone light. Doesn't see anything. So he's like, okay. I just must've been like dreaming that. So next night, same events around the same time at night, cold breeze comes by and this time he's like, okay, nope. Like I know something bad's going to happen. So he calls his friend on his phone. He's like, please just talk to me till I go to sleep. Like I've been having weird occurrences every night at this time. And his friend's like, okay. So just starts talking and he's slowly drifting off to sleep. His friend's like, okay, he's not talking back. As soon as his friend hangs up, he kind of like lays down. And it's like that moment, like right before you fall asleep, where you still kind of have like that alertness. He feels ice cold hands just grip his feet and give him a small little tug. And he's like, whoa, 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 like pulls his feet up to his chest. He's like, what the heck? Pulls his blanket up and he feels like the blanket pulling back from him. So he's like fighting, fighting, and he finally yanks it up. No more resistance. He's like, okay, I'm sleeping on the couch. And so he just bravely just books it out, goes up, sleeps on the couch. Stays on the couch for like two or three nights. His grandma comes in town, so she takes over the couch. And he's like, I really don't want to go back downstairs. You sure you don't want to go downstairs, grandma? It's <laughs> yeah. super comfortable grandma, bed. Grandma, the bed down there New is sheets. excellent. Tempur-Pedic, super good. <laughs> uh, so he goes back down. He's like, well, three nights, nothing's happened. So it's probably fine. I think just trying to give himself like confidence, right? So falls asleep. Same thing. Cold breeze comes by and he's like, I'm not going to acknowledge anything's happening. And then he starts feeling like a tickling on his face. And he tries to like reach up to grab whatever's on his face. But he just feels like his arms have been duct taped to like his thighs. Just super heavy. He can't lift them. He's trying everything, and he's like, well, I guess I could open my eyes and see what's happening. (laughs) Opens his eyes. Right above him, all he sees, again, is a face and a torso of this lady's face, bloodshot eyes with rotting flesh with a broken jaw, and her tongue's hanging out the other side that's broken. And he just says it's the like most absolutely disgusting smell as she like moves towards him. And he can't do anything but just stare up at this face. Was her tongue the thing that was tickling his face? No, it's her hair. Oh. He said he felt like <laughs> strands of hair just like brushing on his cheeks. And so speaking of our brush, brush those teeth. Right? <laughs> yeah. you know? So he uh have you heard of Cobra? <laughs> Co brush your teeth. <laughs> So anyways, he opens his eyes and like right as she gets basically face to face, just disappears and he's able to like move again. And he doesn't know what to do other than he tells his mom and his grandma and they're like, I, I don't know what to tell you. And like, they're, <laughs> they're like, we've, we've never had anything like that happen to us. And so he basically ended his trip early and said, I wish my family the best, but I'm not sleeping over there anymore. <laughs> mm. But that was because you guys have talked about like sleep paralysis and stuff. And the more you talk about it, the more it happens. 
I'm so stressed right now because my wife is out of town for a week. Yeah. So I'm sleeping alone for the next week. And I am so vulnerable when I sleep. I don't know what it is. But if anything ever happens to me, it's when I sleep. Right after I heard that story, I struggled to sleep that night because I was scared. Because I... Where's Wood? I have yet to have a sleep paralysis episode. Bro. Hey, R.I.P., bro. It was nice having you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. That that story was like one where I was like, oh, crap. Way more concerning because the kids were talking about it. Yeah. Well, but when they talked about it, they were laughing. So it's like, are they getting the same version of the old lady? Yeah. It's like, that should terrify any child. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. They were like, oh, she's like, we've seen her and she like, walks over and like it's nice and he's seeing like <laughs> this rotting corpse yeah like reaching over to him breathing in his face mm. wait you said this was in minnesota mm-hmm. Are, aren't there sorry side note aren't there a lot of mongs in the midwest too yep so like minnesota wisconsin uh texas why what what brought them to sacramento and the i midwest have texas? no idea all i know is fresno sacramento like Wisconsin, Minnesota, Texas, North Carolina, Virginia. Those are the places I know. And was I right that there are like red mungs, blue mungs? Yeah. How so, is that determined? Like, I don't know exactly how that's determined, but I know like there's different dialects of mong. And like the two that I know of is like white mong and green. And like my dad can speak a little bit of green mong and my mom can't. But I think that's because... He may have ran into it on his mission as well as just he's a well-studied man. So mm-hmm. It's like Power Rangers, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but they, I mean, it's but like. But they're all the Yellow Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's like, they say the words kind of the same, but like, it's just like different pronunciations or like they'll drag out different tones or words. <laughs> Kevin loves the Asian joke. Yeah. Good old Asian joke. <laughs> so, dude, that's why I am uh, keenly stressed right now about my sleeping situation I'm for the so next sorry month or next week for you. Uh, but this has been absolutely uh, just like a treat. Yeah. Fascinating to treasure me. trove. All new stories, uh, things I've never even heard of before. You have any more? You have one more good one for us? Oh, you want one like the last one or one that's like back in Laos? Dude, either, bro. I'm done. Either or both. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Um, (coughs) Let's see. All right. So this one is back in Laos. Um, So the title of it is Hearing Loss, which kind of eerie title. Not really. It makes you feel kind of bad for this person, but... Um, so this guy's like 13 or 14, his cousin, same age, and they're going to go to like a neighboring village to hang out with some girls their age. So, you know, they get ready, pack up, take their little trek over to the other village. And his, the main guy in the story, um, I don't know, let's give him a general name. Let's call him like Chad. Chad seems like a, that's actually Chad. kind of a Mong name because yeah. they, they come over and they're just like, they give them names, you know, so like Chad. There's a ton of Chads. Yeah. So Chad's all like, he's the one that has hearing issues and his cousin, uh, 
Let's call his cousin it's Lee. General Sal. General Sal. Okay, Lee, we'll, Lee. we'll call his cousin Lee. So Lee's General talking Lee. to the chat, and Lee's all like, all right, bro. General Lee. Stupid. Sorry. You're good. Funny, bro. You're good. Sorry. Thanks, dudes. Lee tells Chad, he's all like, all right, dude. So it can, like, the part of the jungle we're going through, I've heard some sketchy stuff happens. So since you can't hear very well, and if anything happens, I don't want to have to uh, – like yell in case someone's nearby. So Lee says to Chad, when I run, you run. When I crawl, you crawl. When I stop, you stop. Don't talk while we're walking through the jungle. Just follow whatever I do. Don't say anything. Just do what I do. Bro, they dedicated to hang out. So he's like, okay, I, I can do that. So they get over to the neighboring village and start hanging out with the girls it's dinner time and the girls are like hey come and eat dinner with like our families and get to know them they're like nah we don't we don't want to go meet your families how about you just go to dinner and then after come back meet us over by that like rice field or something we'll hang out till late and then we can go home like okay so they start hanging out with these girls after dinner and uh lee's getting along with his girl and they're talking and Chad feels kind of bad because he, he's got hearing loss, so he can't really talk super well. So when he's talking to the other girl, it's mostly just head nods and yes and no, and she's kind of carrying the conversation. And, you know, she he says, like, something along the lines of, like, sorry, I, I wish I could talk more, but I just have bad hearing loss, so speaking's not really my thing. She says something, like, super cheesy back to him, like, well, it's a good thing that I'm after your heart and not your ears. You know, something like super. Where's the tennis ball? Chick flick. Yeah. <laughs> give me, where's the tennis ball? <laughs> so she's like, oh, wow. when was this? Oh, this is. Uh, there's no date. It's just. Uh, it's like an older story. Yeah, I think mm. a little bit older. Oh, okay. So. Sorry, yeah. irrelevant. Cut that. No, you're good. Um, so anyways. By the end of the night, he's like, wow, this girl's really awesome. So he decides to, like, the one thing he said besides, like, yes, no, good, bad, you know, basic sentences, he decides to tell her his name. He was like, yeah, well, just in case we ever meet up again, my name's Chad. And she just nods. It's like, cool. So him and, like, Lee, they are like, all right, well, we got to go back to our, our village like okay cool well maybe we'll see you around they're like yeah so they start walking back along the dirt trail and they get to like the halfway point and all of a sudden um lee just stops just staring straight ahead and chad's like trying to look around him but doesn't have much room to move and then all of a sudden Lee just books it to the left into the jungle and Chad's just like, whoa. So he takes off after him and he's just like running through these trees and they kind of like cut off and then are running parallel to the road. And then he stops and puts his hand back and he's like holding him. He's just like, shh, don't, don't say anything. Like just stop. And then he's like doing like the thing where you point to your eyes and then you point to where you want them to look. And, uh, they look and in the middle of the road, they just see this woman dressed in all black 
just like scanning. And she walks and stops right where they are, just parallel, looks over, and then just keeps walking. And so they take off and run home. And uh, Chad is like, like, what What was that, dude? And Lee's like, bro, I don't know. We got to talk to your dad or my dad because I have never seen that. So they go and talk and they're like, Lee's like, yeah, we saw this black lady dressed in all black and she just like kind of like floating along the path. And the dad's like, where did you guys go? And they're like, oh, well, we just went over to that village to hang out with some girls. And he's like, what village? They're like, the one that's like, you know, a couple hours walk over there. He's like, I don't think I've heard of a village over there. And they're like, well, we talked to them. And he's like, well, did you tell them your names? And Lee's like, no, I never do that. And Chad's like, yeah, I told the girl I was hanging out with my name. He's like, well, you just invited a demon to follow you home. So he's like, what? He's like, yeah, you never tell people your names. He's like, screwed. Uh, okay. He's like, we got to go find the shaman right now. So they go find him. They make a straw doll and then they take Chad, like a piece of his clothing, tie it to him. The dad, shaman and Chad go to a cliffside. Shaman raises it up and says, you know, like does this little ritual and throws the doll off the cliff and says, basically, you're not welcome and do not follow this boy anymore. And the dad's like, well, take me to this village that you guys went to. And they walk and they take him to this village and completely abandoned. He goes, they were just in that house. They walk in, looks like no one's lived there for like 20 to 30 years. And he gets, eventually comes to America, gets some like cochlear implants and uh, he re-meets up with his cousin and he's like, dude, you remember when we were kids Mm. and we saw that lady in black walking through the jungle he goes yeah he goes well i didn't tell you at the time but it's probably a blessing that you couldn't hear because all i heard was her calling your name and he goes that's when i was grateful that i had hearing loss the one time in my life (laughs) but he the cousin lee was like that still haunts me to this day just he's like i can't get her voice out of my head Mm. but i was just like dude like not being able to hear anything around you and your cousin's just like, dude, don't do anything. And then you just look and see a lady walking through the jungle. Dude, creepy. That's super creepy. That's a fun folklore and also reminds me of a... That was real, DJ, not folklore. <laughs> folklore type. Like, I feel like um, Also, my name is Patrick, if anyone out there is <laughs> wondering that thing about me. I hate that, dude. I know. <laughs> well, the, the unsettling thing about a lot of these is, first off, a lot of the stories I've heard or read happen in your sleep. Mm. Again, like you said, you're vulnerable. Or two, there's no real closure, which is what, like you said, almost like legitimizes the story because there's no like, and this happened because. Yeah, it becomes this, like a fairy this, tale this, this, that teach you a lesson. But it's like. No, dude, we just saw this lady walking through the forest. She was calling your name. We went, didn't see people living in the village, but we didn't get any closure on, like, what truly happened. Like, Mm. nothing. Mm. So, 
Dude, creepy, creepy. Yeah. Should I finish with one more story? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this one's titled Long Hair. So this one was a weird story, but that's what it was titled. So this one also happened in uh, Fresno. This young couple just got married. They move into an apartment, and they're, like, happy to finally be doing adult things as a couple, paying bills, all that stuff. Like, they oh, feel... Those adult things. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess I meant more like they're independent, right? You can't say, like, I live under my parents' roof anymore, and, like, they pay for everything. Like, you just kind of have that sense of independence now. So they're kind of excited. I think, you know, that wears off real quick when yeah. you're like, dang, dude, this rent, all these utilities. 401K. Yeah. That? So... They move in. Um, they work opposite shifts. So husband works all day, wife works all night. So the wife starts unpacking, and she sees, like, just strands of long hair kind of just throughout the apartment. She's unpack- unpacking boxes um, and just finds, like, long strands of black hair. And she's like, my hair is, like, you know, shoulder length and my husband's like buzz cut so whose hair could this be she's like well i guess my sister-in-law has longer hair and she she helped move in so it could be hers so she doesn't think anything of it next day she continues to unpack and just sees all this long hair throughout the house but more specifically on the side of their bed her husband's side of the bed she's like this is really weird So she talks to her husband. She's like, have you been noticing all this long hair around our apartment? And he's like, I mean, it could just be my sister. She helped us move. Like, it's not uncommon for hair to fall out. She's like, but significant enough to where I'm like seeing it everywhere. He's like, I don't know. Don't stress about it too much. And so she's like, okay, whatever you say, like, I I won't worry about it. So she starts working her night shifts and again, just kind of little things around the house. She just feels like uncomfortable when she sleeps. Um, Her husband doesn't report anything. Um, And then one day she gets off the night shift. She gets home and she's like, man, I'm still really bothered about that hair. Like she doesn't know what to think of it. And she peeks into her bedroom and there's enough light that she can see like the bump of her husband, like under the blankets and then she sees a figure in the corner of the room next to the bed on his side. And she's like, I knew it. He's cheating on me. So she turns on the light and like charges in there. And as soon as she turns on the light, just this figure disappears. And she gets that weak in the knees, like ice cold feeling. And she's like, what? What? And so she goes over and like hits her husband. And he gasps for like air and sits up and he's like, Oh my goodness. Like, thank you. You just saved me. Like I was having the worst dream of my life. And she's like, like, what, what was it? And she's like, well, and he says, I don't know. I just, I was in our bed and I watched a lady walk in from our bedroom door. And the whole time she was essentially like floating as she like made an L across the base of his bed and then up next to him same kind of thing where he can't move and she was just saying like you are not welcome here you are not welcome here you are not welcome here and it was just like 
slowly moving towards him, towards him, towards him. Same thing, just super pale, bloodshot eyes as she got close to him. And then as soon as the wife woke up, like everything just, or as soon as the wife woke him up, everything just went away. And so they had like a shaman come do a cleansing ritual on their apartment and they didn't have anything after that, but she was, the lady who wrote it was saying she really wanted to get closure on like what happened there before they got there, or if she could read up on any history there, or if they brought something with them. Cause I think that's another thing with Hmong people is like, you can bring spirits with you where you go, depending on like how you're living your life and the things you do from day to day. So hmm. good For, and bad. Yeah. I mean, oh, okay. like, I think with like my grandma's story with like my uncle coming in to say like, there's going to be family that helps you along the way as well as like, if you do bad things in your life, you're inviting those bad spirits to follow you. So, bro, we should have started with the scary and ended with the happy. Cause I am stressed right now. Dude, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I just had, I had to bring the firepower. Hey, so <sighs> my dude, thank you. Yeah. Is there anything you wanted to share or just like, I don't know, closing statements? Ooh, closing statements. The name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Nobody get haunted tonight, hopefully. Uh, but I think we kind of touched, touched on it earlier. Just glad to be sharing my family's story. Sorry to scare you all at the end of this, but... <laughs> Really, the beginning was, I think, kind of the main reason I came here, but wanted to bring some scary stuff because obviously that's the theme. But um, just super blessed to have good family history and some cool stories that came from it and uh, trying to live a good life to live up to the family name and kind of what's happened in my life and to my family members. So live good lives out there. Be a good person, help others along the way. Like I think there's a saying that's like, as one, you can go fast, but with many, you can go far. So, I mean, in this life, take people with you. Don't be stingy. It's a short life. So help other people carry their burdens. Um, Just be selfless and willing to help out people around you. Cause like with my grandpa, he got helped countless of times by so many people that he didn't even know he had helped. And had he not lived his life in that way, I think there were times where they could have easily been captured or caught. And because he lived in a good way, serving others, like that came back to help him. So similarly, I guess if you're listening out there, just live a good life and uh, help others on your journey. Mm. Dude, this, like I said, this is this has been a treat. Super beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on yeah. and, and sharing your uh, some personal stories, family stories, culture, traditions, and yeah. We always talk about it, but the 3 p.m. episodes are some of our favorite because we get mad tired of just hearing each other, each other <laughs> talk every week. No, nah, but uh, no, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. We appreciate it. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love learning because I don't know. The better you understand like other people and their stories and their culture, I feel like that's the point of life, to be honest. 
uh, is try to try to understand. Yeah. Try to understand as many as you can. And yeah. so, I don't know. For me, this is super fulfilling, super rewarding. So we appreciate it. Are there still villages like that in Laos? Like so remote and just. Oh, I mean, crazy? I couldn't tell you like 100% like yes or no, but I'm pretty sure there's probably people still out there living similarly to that. I mean, maybe not as crazy or just as, you know, third world. Like maybe they still don't have running water. I'm sure if they're living up in the mountains, they don't. But yeah, there's there's so many Hmong people that probably have similar stories to my mom. Hmm. But each one is unique in its own way. But as a whole, I think a lot of Hmong people have similar stories of getting to America or getting to Thailand and just different places where they could seek refuge. So any plans on ever visiting? It's crazy. Cause I think it would be way cool. My grandma says no way. She doesn't really want to go back. Mm-hmm. I mean like 4th of July, she still gets a little bit of PTSD when she hears fireworks just cause it brings back so many raw emotions and memories. So I think I'd like to go back. I told my grandma she could remember where they were because, I mean, if there's any treasure hunters out there, they uh, were. The I felt so guilty, but that crossed my Me mind. Too. They, they like, had. I was like, there's silver then. bars they in this some, river? They had some stuff, but they buried it all beneath their house, and I don't know where their house is. And if right, it's tell us off pod. Tell us off pod. <laughs> <laughs> but, no. Nah. Thanks, my dude. Yeah. Anything else from anyone out here? Tristan, you're awesome. I just want to make you my new best friend. Dude. Done. I'm I'm happy to be in the group for an episode or yeah, for longer, so. Yeah. No, you joined the club. Sweet. A 3 p.m. guest. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much mm-hmm. to our listeners out there. Thank you for, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode you're- uh, with Tristan. So with that. We'll continue with our regular schedule starting next week. But uh, until then, trust your guy. Watch your back. Bye, love it. Be safe. How you say bye in Hmong? Oh. I actually don't know how to say bye, so <laughs> I'll say uh, thank you. Gi-o-li-kya. <laughs> bye. My name is Bill Huffman, and I am a former Cleveland News producer, and I am now the host of the podcast, Who Killed? I began the show focusing on the unsolved murder of Amy Mihaljevic, and now each week I explore a different case with a focus on some of the victims who don't get the attention they deserve. I have a deep catalog of over 225 episodes, so there is a guarantee there will be something for you. Who Killed is an evergreen podcast killer podcasts and slow burn media production subscribe today wherever you get your favorite shows the truth about the haditha massacre has been covered up but not anymore i know you know what happened they went into houses and killed women and children what are you thinking what a mess 
U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2. A new podcast from Crowd Network. 